Hope and Patience with Amelia Rope, a podcast about business, well-being and chocolate. Hello and welcome to our latest episode of Hope and Patience. It's a treat to have you here and if you're new to the show, the hugest of hellos. Just to give you the heads up, if you sign up to the H&P newsletter, you're in with a chance of winning one of our chocolate bars. Now, I don't know about you, but I've always been fascinated by mindsets, yours, mine, and random souls I meet along the way. I wonder if my fascination has arisen from trying to understand myself, really from my teens to probably my late 30s. It's certainly taken me on an incredible exploration with surprising chapters, all to discover more, some consciously, others subconsciously. The mindset which has intrigued me most since setting up my previous business in chocolate is the one around the entrepreneurial founder mindset. What makes us become founders? What drives us? What triggers us into taking the hugest of risks, however sexy the business plan may look? Why do we start up a new venture if the first one doesn't perform? What or who are we doing it for? Why do we forego the stability of working for another team? What are we trying to prove? And churning over the daily strategy mantra of how, why, what. You get the gist. When I heard our guest story on Michael Tingsager's podcast, Hospitality Mavericks, which I was also a guest on recently, I knew he must join our guest list sooner rather than later for us to do some delving into founder mindsets. So today's guest has over 20 years experience in the hospitality restaurant world, working for over 55 leading hospitality businesses with some maverick entrepreneurs who include Crispin Twedell of Pitcher and Piano, who then went on to found the well-known investment company Piper Private Equity, Jamie Oliver, pre-administration days, and the Danish baking duo Ole Christofferson and Steen Skalbeck of Ole and Steen. Our guest has since gone on to found his own business. Now he's a coach, mentor, confident, whichever description resonates with you. His mission is to reignite you, your business, your relationships. His outlook, thoughts, insights are refreshing. One of which is instead of looking at things as I have to do this, I have to do that, flip it and say, I get to do this, I get to do that, which I've found leaves the mind so uplifted. He's here to share his story, but also to chat with us about the entrepreneurial founder mindset and hopefully give us a few tips too. So time to introduce our guest, Ali Gordon, founder Ali Gordon Coaching. Hello and welcome to H&P, Ali. Hello, Amelia. It's lovely to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. So, Ali, you see your life in acts. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to share with us in a whistle-stop tour your acts and also what triggered you to take the leap from life as a director of Ole and Steen to setting up and founding your own business? Absolutely, yeah. So, I think, I, I mean, I think early 20s, very much like a lot of people, very free, very light shoulders, it, it just uh, enjoying my life really and I went traveling for about five years Amelia I'd bought a one-way ticket to India and just wanted to explore the world and a fantastic time which we talk about in another podcast and then that was my sort of early 20s and then I, I, I sort of came back I really didn't know what I wanted to do but I'd, I'd been working in bars and restaurants while I was traveling and um, I kind of fell in love with the with the excitement of it and, and building businesses very involved with sort of people food so I got involved with a number of businesses and that was my sort of into my thir- early 30s, into my 40s, was building 
as you say, about 55 hospitality businesses, frantic pace, always liking to be involved with the launch or the creation of these businesses and just loved it. I loved the excitement of it. And I I actually loved the hours and um, I loved the interaction with people. And that was my sort of most of my 40s, actually. And then as I sort of edged up into my sort of early 40s, mid 40s, a few changes happened in my life. Uh, and they were very sort of very personal. And I just I just add in actually, it's interesting we're, we're talking about the entrepreneur's mindset. I was I felt I was kind of really in that that space because although I was working for other people, I was sort of helping create their businesses and, and lead lead them. I was doing all the things I thought I should be doing, getting up at five thirty in the morning, working out like a demon, uh, <laughs> meditating, cold water therapy, uh, which is sort of cold baths and showers. And just driving myself pretty hard because because I you know I was I was chasing success, um, not necessarily money, but chasing sort of success for myself and my for my family. And then yeah, as I said, sort of late late my late forties actually, three pretty big things happened in my life. My partner of fourteen years and mother to my two very beautiful children asked for separation, and I was absolutely devastated. And then my father died. And then to cap it all off, I, I sat down with my best friend and my brother, and they were they were pretty clear that I'd been a pretty rubbish friend stroke brother for about fifteen years because I'd been so sort of driven with the with the businesses and just restaurants take so much out of you. I, I'm sort of co- coaching a um, someone in sort of an entrepreneur in the hospitality world, and, and and so much of what she's talking about resonates. You know, the fact that you have nothing left. When, when you've just spent all this time sort of building businesses for your family and, and for friends. So that was, that was my real massive, huge wake up of Call of Media. But the way I see it now, and, and it's very sort of coaching me to say this, but it was the gift that kind of really got me to, to change my life completely around and move into, through a, through a variety of things, really. I, I, I did a huge amount of work on myself. I looked at my own beliefs about the world and myself. I got a coach who gave me some really helpful slaps, quite painful at the time. I read a lot of stuff. I was already reading quite a lot of stuff, but I read a lot of research um, around psychotherapy and all sorts of things, really. I just wanted to kind of really learn, how, a bit like you, how the brain works, how how we turn up in lives, where we get these beliefs from, because I kind of wanted to make some such big changes in my life. I knew I had to, I was sort of encased in these beliefs. I needed to crack those open. And um, and that was that was that was me. And what I realised through all the work that I did is that I thought, as I spoke to more and more people, I realised a lot of other people were sort of struggling with the same things I was. Was you know some some mindset stuff, sort of clearly mapping out a sort of clear vision for your life, and you know how do those things work around it? Things like money mindset and all those sort of things. So that's when the, the coaching business really came to my mind. I thought, actually, I'd really like to support people through all this, you know, in their sort of 30s, going through their 40s, possibly 50s, and really get people very straight on what they want out of life, what not what they think they should have out of life. And that's when the business was born. Um, and that was about a year and a half ago. And I've loved every minute of it, that the roller coaster that being, being a business owner is, as you well know. Yeah, I mean, it is a roller coaster. 
I think it's fascinating with life where you can get these big wake up calls. I certainly had them in my chocolate business and you just suddenly think, you know what? I mean, with me, it was it was three people dying within six months, oh, two, two of whom I was very close to. Yeah. But, you know, that that was one thing. And then the other thing was, you know, health. And so you and then you just think, crikey, you know, I haven't seen my family for ages and I've mm. neglected relationships. So it's really interesting here you talk about that. I mean, have you found, Ali, when you say that you've taught, you work really long hours and the pressure and, and everything else from the hospitality restaurant world, how do you compare that those demands, pressures, the f- sort of freedom, flexibility with being a founder now compared to being an employee? I think I had a lot of disciplines already in place. I think I just... I had a good old nose of that. And, and I think I just really like working hard anyway. I think I realised that anyway. But what I realised is when I sort of really mapped out, sort of clearly mapped out what my values, what was my vision, what were the actual goals, the actions I needed to put in place, what, what were they? Proper writing things down. Um, it really helped me sort of get an understanding of what was really important. So, for instance, this morning I was doing spellings with my eight-year-old. Um, you know, it's, it's our it's our thing. And days gone by, I would have been out the door probably at half past seven, got home at sort of half seven. But this was, you know, I just made them some porridge and we were sitting there and, and we were just going through stuff. So I knew that, you know, we were obviously going to talk. So I wanted to kind of, I want to make sure I was in the right place for that. And I know I've got us a big day ahead, but it's about prior. I, I realised I needed to prioritise the really important things in my, in my life. And I've just surrounded myself with lots of really good mentors, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants. And I also have a lot of of systems and tools at my my call that I can use in terms of my health, my mindset, um, how I work, that kind of I think we can all tell ourselves that we're working really, really, really hard when we're doing two hours of e- emails and that's not really working hard that's just that's just working stupid that's just clearing other e- clearing emails from other people dumping stuff on you so I, I I suppose I try and set the day up really really well that I'm getting I prioritize three very very clear things I have to absolutely do and they are things that will move my business one percent forward and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who have burned out so I've obviously seen that and, and you know I probably was a bit burnt out myself so I'm not going to go back there. So I'm very sort of careful with, with all those things, really. I think there's this, sort of, this misnomer that, that being an entrepreneur is all about freedom, more time, mm. your own boss, more money, go on holiday, whatever you want. And it's just not, it's not true. Yes, you work, you work probably harder than you work as an employee. You don't get a monthly wage. So there's always this sort of money, where's the money going to come from? Um, and you have to kind of develop a sort of real mindset around that. You have to be very, very disciplined because a boss would be telling you, right, I need this, this and this and this. But you are your own boss. So you've got to prioritise things that you think are right for your business. And we don't always get it right. We've always got a million things as as business owners to do. So and, I, and also I had to learn, I, you know, in my previous business, obviously I was hiring PR, I was hiring marketing I was hiring social media people and I I definitely had an issue with that and in terms of my my own stuff like I just didn't get involved with it but to build my own business I've had to become really expert with that really understand it because I want to make as much impact as I possibly can on as many people so I had to really 
understand how that all worked. So no, I think there's a lot of juggling, and I think that it's it's we sort of said I said sort of roller coaster. It is a monster roller coaster. You have days we think, oh my god, this is the best thing I ever did, and then you do have days you think, really, this is this is really hard, and I've got to go and create you know some more business. Um, so no, I think it's it's the biggest thing I think probably is you get the the safety net of a monthly wage taken away from you um and you really have to kind of work for that but that and that's not right for everybody but i found that really gets really helps me kind of really push 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 more and more and more really and then you don't have a limit to kind of what you what you can do with your own business that takes me to thinking about motivation i mean i certainly on some days am really challenged with motivation and yet i see myself as a pretty motivated person and at the end of the day the buck stops with me to pay my bills and everything else how do you sustain your motivation what's your fuel and what should we be doing if we just can't get fired up for a day okay that's that's a that's a big question so i think for personally for me i was i'm very clear on where i'm going i got very clear in terms of i wrote out a document that's very very clear which i always read on sundays just to remind me and I kind of understand my why, you know, why am I doing this? So that's for me really, really helpful. And on the days that for me, it's, it's exercise, I think, Amelia, I, I kind of realized that and, and meditation, even on the days where I wake up and think, oh, God, you know, this feels hard. I get into to go go for a run or I you know do a hit workout or something that really does help a lot. And. The other thing I find really helpful is to kind of start sometimes journal stuff out. I think as, as human beings, we're really good at having feelings and, and having thoughts that, that we perceive as negative and not dealing with them. You know, why am I feeling like, why am I feeling like this? Or why am I feeling very nervous about Monday or Tuesday? Or why am I feeling like this? And kind of, we sort of squash it down and we sort of deny ourselves these things. And I think it's really important sometimes. And I, I do this myself and I do this with, certainly with clients is an exercise of just just recognizing what's really going on. So if you were if feeling a particular feeling, it's recognizing that feeling. So if you're not happy, I'm not happy and that's OK. And it's kind of just taking this, the pressure cooker of life and kind of releasing it and recognizing it and not to get too coachy. Um, your subconscious holds on. To, is it just a mind sweep of information? It's, and it's just it's got a lot of information there. So there will be something going on in those moments. But I will say, Amelia, we all have those moments. Nobody skips through life, rainbows and puppies. It's, it's just not true. So, you know, you look at someone like The Rock, who looks as though he's got all sorts. I bet he has. And, and actually, I read his backstory the other day. and I thought it was so interesting. But yeah, it's just it's 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 I think it's really understanding your why you asked about the entrepreneur's mindset, the why and the purpose and the vision for what you're trying to do. Remind yourself every day, what is it that I'm trying to do here? And that, I think, can help pull out stuff. But I don't think there's any magic, magic trick that, that there's a number of things for a number of people. Yeah. And I think it is that thing of um, just stepping back isn't it and as you say go for a run or do a hit class or hang out in the park or whatever it is and just think okay this is a day where we're not going to get anything done you've had extensive experience really mm -hmm. with working with startups mm -hmm. 
in in one area of your experience. Why do you think some get it so right and others appear to get it wrong? Is there any theme at all in that? Persistence. I think persistence is one of the number one things you need as an entrepreneur is just to keep going and keep going and keep going, but also to trust your gut. As an entrepreneur or as a business owner, you're going to have everybody and normally people that have got a job saying, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, you need to do that. It's it's like, oh, God, this is a mountain of information coming at you. So I think you have to really understand why you're doing it and that's actually do you know what that's the 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 first part of whenever I work with an entrepreneur they say you know can can you help me with my business I can't help you business until I understand who you are why you're doing this and what the big vision is and we need to map that out first it's a bit like building a house with no foundations you need to have a real understanding of, of, of an entrepreneur's foundations of why are they doing this some people are just incredibly persistent. I think persistence is the number one tool that you need with, with the entrepreneur. And also you need creative, all the other things, creativity. You need to be having conversations with people. You can't do it on your own. That's one of the things I discovered, like having more conversations with people and just, you never know what somebody's going to say to you. Conversations, just, as long as you go into conversation unattached to anything. And when I did my business stuff, I kind of looked at my avatar, like, where are these people going to be? What do they need from me? How do they shop? What do they watch? So getting a real clear understanding of, of, of your avatar, I think, is really important. But I go back to the same thing, Amelia. It's just like if you've got a great idea and you've really worked it through and you've got some, some, some good mentors with you, I think the persistence is, is, is a really important tool. You've just got to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. And when it really gets tough, go again. Just pause, step back. Am I doing the right thing? Talk to the right people and go again. You had your chocolate business. Did you find, did you find that in your, your own business? Yeah, I mean, I actually won an entrepreneurial award at a, a, law, a lawyer's summit. And one of, the, one of the reasons why I won it was for persistence. Yeah. <laughs> and I, certainly on the opinion side that you were talking about, I found everybody had two pennies to put in. And you just think, you know what? You're not living my life. Yeah. You're not living the life of this business at all. And really, you don't understand the cash flow side or anything. But I just found that I started filtering it. So I, I, sometimes I could just I could be quite upfront just saying that, you know, absolutely, this is not going to work. And, and it's a constant learning process anyway. But on the on the side of your experience, I mean, your dad, Ali, we haven't touched mm. on him yet. He was a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. What did you harvest from him? And do you think that it's in your DNA to build the business that you're building now? Well, I think it's in my DNA. I mean, going back to the original question, just persistence. Dad was just so persistent. I mean, you know, he was very, very creative. He was coming up with all sorts of ideas all the time. It's slightly having, like having a mad professor in the house, but he was incredibly charismatic and people were kind of, you know, he was, he could present an idea brilliantly. He wasn't a detailed, detailed guy, but he could sell an idea brilliantly. He believed, if he believed in something, God, he was persistent about it. You know, he, he, he brought in the first windsurfers into the UK and he built, started building them up in the, in the Jensen factory up in Birmingham. He had a sports business, he had a skateboard business. I cannot see my father ever being able to work with for anybody because he was so very alpha male and very opinionated. But 
the thought of him trying to work for anybody else. And I think that's where a lot of people come to as well. I think almost every entrepreneur I work with says, I just, I want to do my own thing. I want to make my own decisions. So yeah, he was very, very of that mind. Now, am I? Well, for a lot of my life, I chose to work for other people, but I realized that actually I stayed with businesses three years was my sort of how I liked it. I would stay with Jamie for five because I just loved working for him. But as long as the business was sort of testing me and creating, and I was creating stuff and it, it kept me there, the short answer, and I was giving the long answer, is yes, I do. I've got, I've got a lot of grit um, and, and determination to make this business work. And to go back to your, your original statement, I really feel I can make a huge impact on people's lives, which is kind of very important to me as I'm in my 50s now. My mindset has changed. Yes, I want to, to make impact on my bank balance as well because I've got mortgages to pay, I have children to look after, and I want them to see me build a great business. But I feel like I really can impact in a really positive way on people, and I've seen that with all the work I've already done. And so, and I, my ambitions grow and grow and grow based on having impact with people. So, yeah, I do think I inherited quite a bit of it. My, my brother's been had his own business for 20 years. My mum had her own business. It seems to be kind of run in the family a bit, actually. Ali, what are your thoughts? I asked my guests about inner critics and that sort of internal, yeah. usually negative chatter that goes on. What are your thoughts on that? You have to find out where that inner critics come from or coming from. I think in terms of entrepreneurs, often it's they've had some kind of trauma early on and or, or trying to prove something to a parent. I think there's I think there's a bit of me still trying to prove stuff to my dad actually. So as an inner critic, I think we all have one. We all have one. We're not unless you're a, a psychopath. I mean, I think you know we're all human beings. We all have inner criticisms, and I think a lot of the most successful people, I find with particularly with women actually, have this imposter syndrome thing going on. Men seem to you know that men still have it, but it's the majority of really successful women have imposter syndrome and that is much more sort of the inner critic you're not good enough you couldn't do this who do you think you are and my, my ex who's incredibly successful often used to say about they that what will they think we all say who, who's they so i think that we all suffer from it amelia but you learn to dull that down and the more you speak to people doing their their own thing you realize that everyone suffers from it and that i think that that helps. It does help. You think, oh, good, this, this is interesting. That's, just, most people suffer from that. But I think it's also good to listen to it as well. Don't, don't, don't get it out in the open. They're a bit like vampires. They see the sunlight. They don't like it. I think you have to sort of get it out and go, what, why am I feeling like this? What is it that I'm feeling and why am I feeling like this? And that, and that will often help because you, you're actually dealing with it rather than just constantly squashing it down. I was similar to you with proving to a parent. Right, um, okay. <laughs> I, I just uh, say, me, it's interesting because, you know, you and I have known each other a very short time, but I think you are very similar in a lot of ways with the entrepreneurs is that you really want to make it. It's the, the language you use quite a lot is you want to make impact, impact. You think you can change the world in some, some people think like Elon Musk, they can change the world in a huge way. But, but I think as business owners, and, and I think entrepreneurs is such a, it's such an overused word, overhyped word, and I think it's quite a dangerous word sometimes because it looks incredibly glamorous and 90% and of it isn't. But I think that we all in our own way 
want to make an impact on the world or change the world or change or help people change in some way. Like you were passionate about your chocolate, like you'd come up with this great chocolate and, and you wanted people to really understand what great chocolate really was, not not the, you know, the everyday makes and stuff. And I think that's, you know, going back to your original question about on what drives entrepreneurs and stuff, I think it is a bit bit of that. It's definitely, it's certainly with the people I work with, if they want to make some kind of impact, they want us to leave some kind of legacy that is memorable, not from an ego point of view. There's plenty of entrepreneurs out there with lots of ego, but I think they just, there's this driving inner thing in them that really want to change something. Um, and entrepreneurs will change the world. That That is, uh, Daniel Priestley talks about it a lot, actually, is, is that entrepreneurs will be, the, will be the game changers of life, I think. They will find a way to to cure the diseases, look what's just happened, and, and, and all the other things that are coming up, coming our way. I'm with you on the entrepreneur. I think it's it's a bit like, I mean, in the chocolate world, luxury and premium was suddenly splattered all over the place and also handmade. There's a lot of chocolate that used to say it was handmade that did not really see a hand at all apart from being packed in a box. And that's why I think I, I lean more to do with the founder. But there are, when I was looking at the meaning of entrepreneur and pioneers, it is that thing of just making a difference. And as you say, mm. it's not an it's not necessarily an ego thing. For me, I had no idea what I had inside me until I went on the MasterChef show and then it opened doors and I went to see this life coach and I realised that, you know, these petals and goodness knows what that were just inside me. And I mm. just thought, wow, so I do have something. So I suppose it's still, it's massaging that. And I think that's the same with most founders and possibly you, is that you're massaging something inside because you know what you've got. And actually, if it's massaged a hundred times, it would be really, really powerful, even more potent than it is as it is. I think that's so interesting because I think that's the other thing that's that when you start your own business, you really it's it's then you really start to find out about yourself and what you're capable of. And people are capable of so much more than they think. And when you start your your own business, you really, really, really find out about yourself and how gritty and or fixed that you are about something and what you're prepared to do to do it. Um, why did you take on that partner? Well, that partner's not really serving a purpose. It's you really about you. What's your what's your um, thoughts around money? You know, you made that comment earlier. I think as 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 business owners, you've got to get that sorted. You've got to get the money mindset. It's ridiculous. This this whole kind of money is the root of all evil, and um, over there are money people and they're horrible, and over there. Are, people with no money it's just not true money can do so many wonderful things and I think that we either have to get those things straight before we we start our own businesses or you you will learn very quickly that you can't have a business without making money in a lot of, you just can't be and and that has to be something that you're tied to and you have to be able to say to somebody that this is going to cost you x amount because I know this will do x for you for your chocolate bars, you know, and, and when you went out to investors, I'm sure you had to kind of really sell that business. And if you're, if you're, if your money mindset is, is not in the right place, you are going to have a really, really tough time. So yeah, I think it's, you, you, I think that the, the learnings you have as a business owner are just incredible, actually. They're exponential. 
They are amazing. And you do, I mean, you definitely discover areas or sides to your character that you just think, mm, yeah. I think I need to fine tune that. It's not really, <laughs> it's not a very good trait at all. And, you know, sometimes they come, sometimes they keep coming back. It's like you're you're constantly being taught this lesson. And, and you know, one of my things with my chocolate business was the frustration of not getting enough cash on board. And I could never work out why. And yeah, it's 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 interesting. So now I'm doing this whole new business and, and I'm revisiting some areas with my past business that slightly unnerved me. So I'm having to blow those ghosts out of my mindset because otherwise I'm going to be, I'm not going to be achieving what I really want to achieve. There's a wonderful coach. He's a money coach. I should talk about. And it's about making money your best friend. You know, when you take an Uber, Thank you very much, money. Thanks, thanks for looking after me for that. Uh, if you buy something, if you buy a chocolate bar, money. Thank you so much for for buying me that chocolate. And it seems a strange thing, but you have to money. If you treat your money like your best friend, instead of some kind of enemy you never want to see and shove away in cupboard, and you would never treat a friend like that. And it seems really interesting people's relationship with money because I'm a great believer. If you don't treat it compassionately and make it your friend you're constantly pushing it away and that's why people struggle with money because they have that they have a terrible relationship with it um, and that's often you know that can be from childhood things they've been told can be anything but i think then going back to, to to you and also entrepreneurs is that if you're constantly pushing money away or denying it you're never going to attract it you've got to treat it like your best friend and thank it <laughs> for looking after you <laughs> well sadly it's eluded me and that's been that has been so it's friend. not me saying I don't want it it's it has been the whole of my life I mean I've always you know I, I wing, I've winged it as I as yeah. um, my, our lovely listeners know I, I think I moved 15 times in 15 months for the sake of getting a chocolate bar out to a store you know all this yeah. sort of stuff and I'm I'm really grateful for it because actually it taught me so much and I have dollops more empathy with people and their situations because I've lived it it's not me just thinking what they might be feeling yeah. I actually have lived it but I would love to shift that mindset which leads mm. me on to um, mm. my next question is with founders we often need to implement you know we need to change we need to revisit things we need to fine-tune because we might have a fixed mindset in some area how mm -hmm. easy would you say is it to change one's mindset? Tough. It's quite hard, actually. I mean, it, but it, it's doable. Your beliefs about yourself and the world dictate your thoughts. Those thoughts dictate your emotions. Your emotions then affect your actions, which then affect your results. And if your results are always the same, it goes back to the same belief system. So you're sort of caught in this sort of vicious circle. And when you have a particular mindset or a belief around something, that is built up over many, many, many years. It could be, I was talking to someone the other day actually who was saying that they wanted to go out and do their own business. And when we just sort of look back, it's because she'd had really difficult experiences in other businesses and she always felt that she was treated unfairly. So there was this belief that if she got another job, the same thing would happen. So it's, it's tough because it's baked into our, into our, into our subconscious, the way we think about things. And you have to go and find the root cause. And 
really understand where it's come from and sort of bring it out to light. And then slowly but surely you can change that, that belief, i.e. mindset around a certain certain thing. But people people sort of come to these things thinking, oh, I'm gonna affirmation this out. But well, that that's not going to work. I, I think they are it's very important for us to tell our subconscious the right things, but it's a little bit like having if you do a renovation, you wouldn't leave the old furniture in the living room and then shove a load of new stuff in there because it's just sitting on top of it and it just comes very cluttered. You have to understand where that limiting belief about something or that mindset shortage has come from. Dig it out, have a good old look at it. Why is it there? And then you work on the changes. So it's hard, but not undoable, but it takes a lot of hard work to do it, but it's absolutely doable. Totally do it. I had to do a lot of it myself, actually. What would you say, Ali's tested you the most so far? So I was in I was in hospitality for twenty years, and it's quite a can be quite a bruising bruising. But you know, working with certain people, chefs, you know, they 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 are pretty stroke talkers, and I've got a lot of chef mates, dear dear friends, actually. And when I decided I wanted to be coaching, I had to change the way that I saw myself and I and the way that people would perceive me so I started writing on LinkedIn and um, kind of then starting putting videos out and stuff as well and, and and really kind of outing myself to the world but which was un- deeply uncomfortable the first post I wrote actually I I did a shot of cold vodka and then pressed the, the, the button as it went and it was out in the world and actually response was amazing but that was really really hard and I, st- I you know I, I've as, the, as I've grow more into my role as a coach and, and, and seeing the impact I can make, that's become a lot easier. But in the, in the early days, oh my God, Amelia, just putting myself on camera, listening to myself talk, writing things that I really passionately felt about. Oh God, it was so uncomfortable, deeply uncomfortable. So I think that was, that was probably the hardest thing in, in, in my business was, was kind of really to outing myself to the outside world. This is who I am. This is how I'm standing. But the conversation I was having myself was I'd come through two and a half years of real, it was a very dark period of deeply uncomfortable. I, I missed my, my being with my family. I missed my dad. And because of the work I'd done, I became so passionate. I thought, I'm not going to let this happen. This, I'm not going to let this happen to anyone else. And I want to really support people in their 30s. I want to get them sorted with their money, their mindset, their health. And, and I want to make impact. But our conversation, I really want to make real impact on people's lives. And that's what drove me forward. And that's what gets me up every day, I suppose. So, yeah, I think it was it was the, it was the writing, the exposure, uh, exposing myself to the outside world as, as a life coach, you know, and saying, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is this is what I'm passionate about. Some people just choose a very straight road and stick with that because they are they want to remain comfortable. You and others who want to do their own business, you choose this really uncomfortable road, this windy, pebbly road, which has you know, it's a dead ends and all these sort of things as well. And and but but you're learning so much about yourself at the same time, and you and you've got this these rich experiences that kind of build you all the time. And I think it's probably why you are where you are now in terms of the way you feel about yourself and about the way you feel about life is because you chose that path 
and you challenge those beliefs and you push through them. And I think so many people in life choose not to challenge those 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 beliefs. They think, oh, I don't want to I don't want to go there, um, wherever there is. And you're right. Your success has been really is finding out so much more about yourself and what you're capable of. And actually, this could be that, you know, that that's the gift that maybe it just wasn't right at that right time. And then the next the next stage of your life we talked about in chapters is the next chapter is the one where you take the new the version of Amelia that is now and go on to make enough money to buy your flat or to buy the property or whatever you need, because you've got the tools now. That's that's the journey, isn't it? And what how boring to look back in life when we're all lying on our deathbed, when you and I are 100 and think, oh, well, that was all right. That was okay. Got my pension and stuff as well. And I just, we are quite similar in that way. What, what I hear is that I don't want to do that. I want to kind of have some adventures and give my kids some adventures and and really challenge myself and be around people that are challenging. When you get, when you talk to entrepreneurs or people that sort of launch a business, there's a sort of look in their eye. Uh, I remember when I was uh, when I was a, a dad for the first time. When I was talking to some some guy, we were both knackered, and um, and he was sort of talking to me about I can't like, oh, know what you mean. You know, there was a certain a certain look in his eye because we'll tell the journey he'd been on. And I think it's with entrepreneurs like you know it is a testing testing journey, but you 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 push through so many of those limiting beliefs about yourself and about the world. And I think that's where there's so much gold to be had. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I was thinking of listening to you then was that I had real commitment issues pre-chocolate business. I couldn't commit to a date. I couldn't commit to, you know, and I and I missed out on a hell of a lot because by yeah. the time the date arrived, of course I could do it, but I would like, oh, no, I can't commit. I can't. So my chocolate business sort of enabled me mm. in a way to have the business w- would mean that I couldn't commit. But then I committed so much to the business. You know, it was like a marriage. It was a yeah. relationship. It was mediation process. And then it was a separation on amicable <laughs> terms because <laughs> I still love chocolate. In fact, we've got to get to our chocolate break, Ali, because yeah. I, yeah. I've just got so distracted with all my questions and, and yeah. listening to your pearls of wisdom too. Um, so just a quick fire round mm. before yeah. we hit chocolate. Optimist or pessimist? Definitely an optimist with a slight hint of pessimism underneath. Introvert, extrovert, ambivert? Oh, gosh. An extrovert, introvert. I'm really comfortable being on my own and I quite like that, but, I, but I'm happy when I'm out in company. But yeah, I, I'm quite happy quite being a bit introverted now and again. I realise that by myself. So yeah, yeah, not a total extrovert, that's for sure. So I think we'll box you up as an Ooh. ambivert. Ambivert? Never heard of that. I'm going to go look that up after this. It's a mix. Describe... Oh, well, I... <laughs> so ambivert. Perfectionist <laughs> or non-perfectionist? Ooh, directionally correct, not perfectionist. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Gosh, I mean, I'm amazed by that answer because of the restaurant trade. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But I, I kind of just existed on not much sleep, I suppose. Okay, we've hit the chocolate break and I can't oh, wait because I'm in okay. need. So we've got um, Ali has picked M&S, Marks and Spencers, 85% single origin Peru. So Ali, why are we about to tuck into this bar? So I love dark chocolate with coffee and red wine and i just i've tried them all i think i've i think i've tried them all i love a bit of chocolate and the 85 percent it just it really works well with the coffee because it's a little bit sort of oh 
to like tartness to it, but it kind of cuts across the the coffee. Um, I think it's got a bit of vanilla in there as well, and it just I don't know. It just I really really like it, and I go back to it all the time. It kind of it's M and S has got it so now because it drags me into an M and S. So yeah, I just think it's just my it's my favourite dark chocolate. And if I was going to go for a dirty sort of milk chocolatey thing, I think cl- the classic dairy milk. Yeah, that was a popular one in the early days of the yeah. podcast. <laughs> we, we, yeah, on a Saturday night with the kids around, we like get the dairy milk out. Like, oh yes, this is a really delicious bar, and also you lovely like it. listeners, mm. it's, it's affordable, and yeah, it's got character to it. So yes. That's a that's given me energy. You have got to carry on, Ali. Park up the chocolate. So, Ali, what are your thoughts on success and failure? What do they mean to you? For me, it's providing a legacy for my children and to give them um, experiences. The success I want to make in my business is the impact I'm going to have on my clients that they will that will impact on their own families, which their those those children will go on to impact on their families. And of course I want to grow the business in the right way. So the impact I'm making on 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 those people will be impacting on my bank bank balance. I, I'm not going to sort of deny that. But I think I really strive to really enjoy life now i really do i'm not letting life race race by every day is a gift that i really want to embrace and i think you know i i i already feel successful if i'm really honest to me i've got a lovely lovely kids i've got a great relationship with my ex you know we've really worked it out we have a fantastic relationship now and i love what i do i really really love what i do and i've i think as well and I, i'd love this it's not really the direct answer to the question but I think letting go of all the nonsense in your life, like uh, regret and feeling like you're a victim or feeling like that person's responsible for this in your life, letting all that go gives you a huge amount of mental space to do what you really, really want to do. And that, to me, is a huge amount of success as well. It's just You just become lighter. And what are your thoughts on failure? What does that mean to you? Failure is often the, the, the where the where the gold is and where the where where you can really if you sort of step once you've got over the idea of failure, you can find the gold, find the gifts, and understand why it was a failure, and go again. I think it's you you have to have failures in your life. You know, I, I I've had plenty of failures in my life, and and I've used I've tried to use every single one of them as an opportunity to, to kind of learn about myself and learn about the situation and would I do it differently. So. It's an opportunity, I suppose. Now, Ali, we are in Mental Health Awareness Week. What tips would you be able to share with us to our lovely listeners, some of who are founders, others who are just curious, um, to support their mental health? Have you got a a couple that you could share? Yeah. Okay. So meditation. If you can get into meditation, I think life moves very, very quickly. I think just slowing down and being able to sort of stop and meditate in some way is really, really healthy. Trying to talk to people, if you've got if you've got something going on, talking to someone is incredibly important and it kind of lightens the load a bit, um, choosing the right person. Having some kind of healthy routines, whatever those are in your life, is very supportive. Letting go of being a victim, I think. I think, you know, that there's 
our lives can be a bit like a Disney film. There's a hero, a villain, and a victim. And don't play the victim. Try and be a bit more of a hero and understand to to let go of a lot of a lot of stuff as well. I mean, carrying around past experiences and those things. Try and let those go. Get sleep as much as you can. Eight hours of sleep is really really helpful. Hydrate. And that real little exercise, I think, in mental health thing is that I was doing earlier, you know, which I think is really hugely supported. It did in my early days of where I where I was and and my clients when when you know when they come to me really challenged, is to recognise feelings, don't push them down. So if you're sad, I am sad, and that is okay. And say it until you've released that pressure cooker, and often tears will come, and that's okay. And it releases stuff. And I think that's probably one of the biggest learnings I had was to kind of just stop pushing these feelings down and kind of recognising them for what they are. And I think in Mental Health Week, those are incredibly, it's an incredibly healthy thing to do. Wonderful tips. So, Ali, how important is incorporating well-being into your day? And do you manage to achieve it? And have you changed the way you look after yourself over the years, would you say? I've always looked after myself, actually. I have to say, I've got young kids, so I really wanted to be looking after myself, and it was something I was always been interested in. I think it's incredibly important. I think it really, really is. Your physical health impacts massively on your mental and emotional health. I think you have to get a baseline of physical health sorted. And what the wellness piece looks like, I had a client... <laughs> We agreed to work together and she said, you're not going to make me run around the block, are you? And <laughs> we were talking about it the other day with her. I said, you know, come on, you need to get, you need to start. Because she's, you know, we really got to a great place. She's now rising up. She's going to become a director of this business. And she's just, she's fizzing with energy. But, you know, she still struggles with some stuff. And her wellness thing is, she, you know, I, she said to me the other day, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym. And I was kind of, you're going to go to the gym? I said, no, no, I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the sauna and and, and steam room and just, just have steam and sauna. And so, Wellness can mean many different things to many different people. But I think that just moving your body for 20 minutes or whatever every day and doing some meditation and eating some great stuff, putting some good stuff into your body and drinking lots of water and getting great sleep is a baseline of a great wellness routine. And that doesn't take too much. You can tell yourself you don't have time for this stuff. But I think when you do change your your wellness routine, it can massively impact in a positive way on every other part of your life. I really do. So true. What triggers your stress, Ali, and how does it affect you physically, mentally, spiritually? I suppose a deadline, anything to do with the kids, if that's, you know, there's something that's not right with the kids. If I've got a lot of clients one particular day, that can be really, because it's, you know, they're they're big sessions, you know, 90-minute two-hour sessions that I do with my clients and they're they're big big sessions so I have to be in the right place so I think those things that, that's a really interesting I mean I, do you know what I haven't thought about that for so long but I think those are the sort of the key ones how does it affect you would you say physically mentally I mean does it make you irritable or yeah plus a little bit actually yeah but I, I definitely with the with the you know, I, yeah, you, you do get irritable with the kids. You know, the kids, are, there's a million things going on with the kids and plus you want to, you've got a deadline for work and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit irritable. But I've tried to kind of slow that down now. God, nobody's a superhuman. Everyone, nobody's, nobody's perfect. And um, 
I find with just the meditation and the exercise, it really releases so much, so much stuff. And I'm just, I'm always working at it as well, letting go of stuff, let go of stuff, let go of stuff. So yeah, it it can be triggered like that and it's irritability. What music makes you feel good and what book would you miss if it wasn't on your bookshelf? Oh gosh. Uh, Tina Turner, Proud Mary is an absolute, dance floor classic Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that I love that tune and it's a sort of fist pumping in the car with the kids type of tune because it's such a big build up and then the book that made such a difference in my life in the last probably three years is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl and it's um he was a prisoner in the Nazi concentration camps which sounds pretty bleak and it was during World War Two and it kind of describes his psychotherapeutic method, which involved defining, identifying a purpose in life to feel positive about, and immersing yourself in this imagination of that of that outcome. And I've used, and it, it was kind of that book was stuck in 1946, and so many people use that even now. And it's a brilliant. It's the only book I've read twice actually. And it, you know, how books sometimes find you. When you when you most need them, that book found me, and it was so interesting reading. I, there I was in depths of despair, and I think reading about Nazi concentration camps and what was happening in these. And it's a pretty bleak book, and this optimism that this guy had. It was so so helpful, and it's a brilliant brilliant book. What advice, um, Ali, would you give to anyone who's running their business at the moment or planning to set up a business? Oh gosh, get a really clear plan of what you want to do. So write write out the the, the vision stuff and and what are your values and why you're doing it. Don't go into it naively that you just think you're going to free up your life. It's just not true. Get some healthy routines in in into your life. But I think really sort of map out why this business is going to be successful. Who's your avatar? What's the value you're bringing to that business? Who are you? What do you want to be? Have you got the right money mindset to really achieve this? Have you got a great support network around you? Uh, if you're married, is is your your husband or wife prepared to go along the journey with you? And I think go into it with wide, wide open eyes. Get yourself a great mentor, or I would say a coach, to help you support you through that. And get very, very, very clear on what it is you're trying to achieve. Do not go into it because you don't want to work for somebody. Uh, that's just you know that's you've got to have a reason, a real why of why you want to do it. Great advice. So finally, where have you had to have hope and patience? I think the hope was when I was really in kind of pretty the dark place two and a half years ago with the the, the ending of my relationship um, and my dad was I clung on to hope and my children. I had a beautiful picture of the kids and me at the end of my bed. I looked at it every single day and thought, I'm going to be that person again. And I'm going to be sort of coming out of this, the other side. I just had cortisol flying through me the whole time for about a year and a half. It was just like, it was, it was awful. So that was the hope. And patience, I suppose, with my business, really. Just like, you know, just, I'm very, very patient with it, but I'm, I'm persistent with it. And I'm patient because I know, you know, it's growing and growing really exponentially at the moment I've been very patient with it just doing the right things just going at it every single day and having great conversations with nothing attached um and just being very patient about it and patient with myself I suppose because you can get very overwhelmed your own business you think I must be doing this must be doing this and it kind of ruins your life you're like 
just be patient. It will happen if you're doing the right things and be patient with others. Yeah, it's just trusting that it's that it's going to go in the right direction. Process, yeah. Uh, where can our lovely listeners find out more about you, Ali? So I'm I'm all over the sort of social sort of networks. So I've got so LinkedIn. I've now got a YouTube channel, um, and I've got a website www.alligordoncoaching.com. I'm on uh, just got myself on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, any, any of those things, and you can sort of contact contact me through any of those um, any of those platforms. And I would highly recommend following Ali on um, LinkedIn because each day he posts real gems, and um, so that is that is where kind. I would that, that's my signpost. But but thank also you. he, as you say, Instagram, everything else. Ali, I would love to say the hugest thank you for joining us on the show and sharing your insights into more of what makes us into founders. That's, that's, Mia, thank you, first of all, for, for inviting me and thank you for giving the space to, to talk. I think I have slightly over-talked, but, but I was really, it's been such a fascinating conversation and really great questions. Thank you. Really, really challenged me, actually. So thank you so much. So before I go, it's time for my recommendation this episode, which is a food recommendation. And my recommendation is to grate up a little bit of fresh ginger and pop it in your breakfast bowl if you have breakfast, which I have to have. And I discovered it by a mistake. And what you do is you have your raspberries and your blueberries and I have unripe banana, a bit of kefir. And the fresh ginger just gives it an amazing pop. And also ginger is so good for you too. But I was actually meaning to put the ginger into my fresh lemon and hot water because that's what I do every morning. And it went into my breakfast bowl instead. But I just think it is magic. So that's my recommendation. And the quote is by the author John Shedd. A ship is safe in a harbour, but that is not what ships are built for. A huge thank you for finding the show. I hope you enjoyed the chat. Don't forget to subscribe or follow to get the latest episode. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you switch on notifications to be the first to listen to the latest episode. If you're enjoying the show, it would be truly fab if you could rate and review it or better still share it with folk who may value a gem or two. Any recommendations, quotes, songs can be found in the show notes and on the website too. So until the next time, however tough these times get, Keep that very special inner sparkle you have shining. Hope and Patience with Amelia Rope. Join the conversation at hopeandpatience.co.uk. Find Amelia on Facebook at Hope and Patience or on Twitter and Instagram at Amelia underscore Rope.